1: Welcome, welcome everybody
0: to another episode of Sales Velocity TV and Radio. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron, and we're talking about the awesome power of omnipresence today, my friend. Um, This is a term, by the way, that I want to say I heard it like 15 years ago, right? This omnipresent marketing term, and it's like sort of blew my mind when I first heard it. And a lot of people are like, what what are these guys talking about? Omnipresent marketing. So we're going to get into it today in detail and talk about why it's, in my opinion, mandatory today to be an omnipresent marketer. And it doesn't matter what industry you're
1: in. Yeah. The the thing that I think most people, most of our listeners maybe underappreciate or underestimate is the value that eyeballs consistently seeing you can bring to your business. And maybe more importantly, the amount of friction that it can eliminate in your sales process because of that consistent effort to be top of mind in front of them in as many ways as possible.
0: Yeah, gr- friction is a key word. and Isn't this the good old-fashioned era? Isn't this the good old-fashioned old TV commercial model? I mean, think about when you get a 30-second hit during these football games or while you're watching something at night, on regular TV and you see the ad over and over and over again, this is, the TV model was the first omnipresent model where it wasn't just go run a marketing campaign, it was continue to run a marketing campaign, continue to use new versions of it, which is key, right? You see the really good companies on TV using versions of it, but to market the same product.
1: Yeah, and and I guess the, the, the old way of doing it, which is still done by many companies at scale, but it's, it's a way that we would all resonate with is when I was growing up, if you saw something on TV, you often also heard it on the radio. Yes. And then you maybe even saw it in a newspaper article. Pretty internet, that's, right? that's when you knew that they were putting some serious money behind it. And there was, there was a, a serious benefit on the back end to the campaign that they're running. And you can still do that. You can still do TV, radio, print. Absolutely. It's just that the world has opened up and become so much more accessible to any business to do it at scale with the advent of the the digital platforms.
0: Well, listen, the biggest businesses in the world that you want to look at and emulate to some degree over how they communicate, how they message, they're using TV, radio, and internet. And I still have that conversation today, Aaron, all the time is, when you have things positioned the right way, you can leverage the internet the easiest, the quickest, the fastest, most likely, in some cases, the cheapest, but not always, by the way, right? Not
1: always, but in many cases.
0: But, and then radio and TV is still a huge play today because an older demographic trusts that media even more. So we're going to talk about today, how do you get in multiple different media sources so that you gain as much visibility as possible, which is a big thing. But really, what does that lead to? It leads to trust and credibility in selling, in moving people to decisions. They want to work with people that they just, they see everywhere. Subconsciously, we trust the business that we see the most in so many different places.
1: You made a really good point there, and I want to make sure that we stop on that for a second. We have been conditioned, I talk about this a lot of times, to believe People that we perpetually see over and over and over again, especially on a screen. Yes. Yeah, because a screen somehow relays credibility because it was hard to get on a screen when TV was invented. And it, it was expensive on the news or on a morning show. And you don't you remember like we're going, such and such was on the news? Right. Like it was a big deal and, and because it, the, and it wasn't easy back in the day. No, it wasn't easy. And the, and the credibility was leveraged off that. And and when you're trying to make sales, credibility is everything. Yep. Yep. So we have been conditioned as a species to believe that someone is credible if we see them often on a screen. And then if you can reinforce it with other elements like print, you know, like radio ads, at, it just it just amplifies the entire process. So if you, you there's examples that we can look. I mean, I mean think about. And I don't want to open this door for you because you'll go down a crazy rabbit hole. But you look at at politicians, right? They're just trying to get on the screen as often as possible. One of my favorite stories that I read was that Trump started his day, and I think he still does, and it's done it every every day for something like. Twenty-five years. The first thing he does is he has one of his staff bring him a stack of all the places that he's been mentioned the day before. Now, part of that could just be that he's, you know, an egomaniac, right? Um, But, but from an from a marketing standpoint, the more he's mentioned in different areas, different media outlets, the more he knows he's top of mind and so he feels like he's winning the attention game, right? He understands that part of the game. So the question you have to ask yourself as a business owner is where am I being seen and how often? And if you can't answer that question, where am I being seen and how often? you are doing yourself a massive disservice trying to promote your product. You're also in big trouble if you can't answer that. If you can't say mm-hmm. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here,
0: I'm here, then you're not anywhere and it's going to be a battle to have enough deal flow.
1: A battle. Absolutely. You're, you're almost solely reliant on word of mouth and word, word of mouth, mouth is- referrals. Is,
0: is, no, yeah, it's no a good thing. Word of mouth,
1: if, if you're getting lots of word of mouth, it means that you're providing a great service or a great product. So if you're getting lots of word of mouth, awesome you've, you've tackled the hardest element of the equation, which is produce a great product or service. However, you take that great product or service and you amplify it with an omnipresent strategy. It's the difference between maybe being a million or a $10 million a year business and being a hundred million dollar a year business.
0: It's also the difference between being a lowly hundred thousand dollar a year. I feel like I have an expensive job business to having a business that cracks seven figures, yeah, where it's a whole—that's a ten x ball game right there, right? So yep. there's there's many business owners that are out there sort of stuck around making a hundred grand a year gross, a couple hundred grand a year gross, but they'd love to be over a million, five million, ten million gross. And a huge reason that they're not is because they aren't—they aren't anywhere. They're not—they're not seen anywhere. Like you couldn't find them if you tried. Right? Nobody knows so, who you are. So we're gonna dig into that today, everybody. On what are some of the I like to call them oil wells, right? What are some of the oil wells you can plant that gush eyeballs in cash ultimately for your business? I think I have three listed here, three places you need to be. We'll probably dovetail into others, Aaron. But the first one is what you're looking at right now on your screen. And that is you've got to be seen today. Aaron, you said it. You, you sort of gave a hint a second ago. You need to be seen on the screen before anything else. Now, what does that mean? TV, YouTube. This is a video show at first. You might be watching this, this video version of the show, which we do live in our Facebook channel. Um, Facebook Live is another video platform, right? A Facebook Live that we we do it. We don't have to. We get the least amount of viewers live at 11 a.m. It's the worst time ever, Aaron, but it's the best time for us, right? We get yep. the least amount of viewers on a Facebook Live because it's not the point. The point is the team has got a 45 to 60 minute, sometimes more video that goes to YouTube. And it gets caught up into little trailers that can be syndicated across every single social media platform in the world. Every single day of the week, literally every day of the week, somebody says to me or you, and it's usually more than one person, I watch your show all the time or I listen to it on the go. And that's the reason I bought fill in the blank.
1: And that's the key is if people are consuming our content, what people, I think people get a little bit confused about that term. People are consuming your content. What that really means is people are getting to know us better. They're getting to know our strengths, our skill sets, our ability to serve, and they're bonding with us over time. And the tighter that bond gets, the less friction there is when it comes to actually making a buying decision, assuming we have something that can be offered to them or solve their problem. And I like how you started off with the example of this show. Right, because this show is syndicated across Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, a million different podcast platforms. That's actually where the majority of our audience consumes this content. The the listener podcast. It's the listener podcast. But we chose to do a visual version of it as well, a video version, and we said, okay, well, how how is that going to how, how is that going to be best amplified? Well, let's do it as a Facebook Live because those people who love Facebook will go and watch it over there. And then by the, the way,
0: Aaron, just to stop you, it sits in the feed. It isn't live and then done. Like, it's not like a TV show that's off the air. The Facebook live thing is pretty cool because when you do it live, the, the show records and timestamps and stays in the feed of the page.
1: Right. So the amount of people who actually watch us live, even though it's streaming live, is minimal. And I think that's one of those things that really uh, turns people off when they start to do it. They go, oh, nobody's really watching. This is a waste yes, of my they time. They stuck on the surface. They get stuck on the surface. But then when you actually think, okay, those who watch this live, great, we're super happy you showed up live. It's also time-stamped and it lives there in perpetuity, Mm -hmm. so people can come back and find it and watch it later. Then we take the recording and we syndicate it to YouTube. Well, who's seeing it in YouTube? Well, the people who surf around in YouTube, and it's like a keyword search engine. They punch in sales, best sales techniques, best sales strategies, best sales team, whatever, and all of a sudden they see one of our videos and they watch it inside of YouTube right? Then it gets syndicated to the podcast platforms, so all the people that are on podcasts want to listen to it. Then we might take some paid advertising and, and put it behind the trailers and so on and so forth and force it into... P- it's, it, the fact is, is that we have we have committed to doing one thing, and that one thing is we make content one time per week. And that one piece of content gets syndicated to about 12 different places and lives there in perpetuity so that people can see it for the next five, 10 years off the one thing that we devoted an hour to every single day. And we're gonna talk a little bit more in a few minutes about how you could amplify that even further. Mm-hmm. But I but I think a lot of people when they when they consider going down this rabbit hole, they think, oh, you know, it's so much work and I'm only you know, I'm only going it's only one group of people is gonna see it. Is it really worth my time? Andrew, it's in my email signature, the link to all of our recordings from our show. I cannot tell you how many prospects emailing me back and forth, go down the rabbit hole of watching all of our shows, and they go, man, you're, you're a pretty big deal. And I laugh. It happened again last week. Huh, man, I did a search on you. I went and watched a bunch of your shows. You're a pretty big deal. I'm not a big deal. I don't consider myself a big deal at all. But they perceive me as a big deal. I have manufactured that authority by giving them the ability to go through our content. I had a guy, um, I was on a consulting
0: call last week with a local client of mine for a long time and he brought his, he brought someone into the call that I don't know that I've never met mm-hmm. and um, he was like the sales manager for the company or something. He goes, before we start, I have to tell you, I'm a little starstruck to be on this call because I've watched like 30 episodes of Sales Velocity TV on YouTube and I'm like, that's great to hear, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's a duplicatable, replicatable model for all of you guys, like to your point, Aaron, a second ago, that all of you guys can adopt. And it's never been easier. I, you know, I didn't think we were going to stay on the show and the podcast as long as we are already, but it just it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spider web effect. Absolutely. It's the one action that can become 12 pieces of the web that are all over the place. And I think the big takeaway here is don't do it just to do it. It should drive eyeballs to an offer. And that's really where we, we, we never forget that. And I think, I think if you forget the economics of what you're doing, then you're doing it just for show and you're doing it for ego. And that's a big mistake. So I think when you said a second ago, oh, you know, it's too much time. I can't really tell if it's paying off. Well, it has to lead to somewhere. You don't do podcasts just to do podcasts. I know some people do because like look at Joe Rogan. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts. Joe Rogan, like this is his business. Yeah. Commercials alone that he has a, on his podcast. It's more now than ever, by the way. I'm noticing this with a lot of big players now, is they're turning into TV shows. At some point some of them are, and I'm like, it's kind of too much with the commercials lately. Like, yeah. One or two that is cool, but now I counted much. six in two hours.
1: But I'll give you an example with Joe Rogan and and I've been watching Joe. A lot longer than you have. You've really gotten into him over the last year or so.
0: Yeah, since the COVID debacle. Yeah, ended, because Joe.
1: because you were a big fan of the guests that he was bringing yeah, on. Yep. If you go back and look at his episodes maybe five years ago, Joe yeah. took a stake in a company called On It. Do you know this company Andrew, the supplement company? On it. On it.
0: Oh, supplement company, on it. It's a
1: supplement company based out of Austin, Texas. It's spelled O N N I T. On it. On it. Okay. And they were really big on clean everything. Clean proteins, clean supplements, um brain supplements. You know, they've got a, I've got a bunch of them in my in my cupboards that I use. And Before Joe started running uh, commercials on his on his show, he showed up every day to his show with his on it It T shirt. Okay, and then he would wear that on it T shirt on the stage when he interviewed or when he introduced the fighters for the UFC on it. The amount of eyeballs that on it got to grow that company from Joe Rogan—it's like an Oprah effect, right? Unbelievable. Now it's called
0: the Rogan effect. It's not even the Oprah effect anymore. It's now the Rogan effect. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's a great example of being able to leverage the eyeballs. to, to Now, for him, it was more like a branding subtle.
1: play. It was a little more subtle.
0: But it's a branding play, right? He's he's showing it subliminally. It's branding. This happens a lot. M- most of the big companies are branding plays. Like when you see an Apple commercial, they're not driving you to a free offer to download an app. It's just Apple. They don't even yeah. have to put up the domain anymore. It's just one of those cool like camera, camera commercials. And it's just, it's Apple branding. But for you, the medium to small size business owner, you're and if you go this route of syndicating content, you've got to drive them somewhere. If you notice this show in the intro, actually the the outro of the show, and all of the branding, if you if you look at the show as it's posted throughout social media, whether it's a trailer and advertisement for the show, it, it it always will say it's powered by Pipeline Pro, which is our software company, sales and marketing software CRM platform. That's where we ultimately drive people to because the show has a goal. We want to create awareness in the marketplace for people who want to be better at sales and have better sales tools. So what better next step would it be to introduce them to a sales software tool? So there's a goal of the show. Of course we like doing it and I love putting content out there and I love hearing nice things, but that wouldn't have been enough. That would drain me. That would be where I would lose enthusiasm because I'm not seeing the payoff. And at some point, Aaron, you and I both know that all things are great at first, but if there isn't a payoff eventually, that thing is going to fizzle out, whether it's workout, nutrition, business, it has to pay. It has to have a visible payoff at some point or enthusiasm dies.
1: Well, and I like the fact that you kind of pointed that out a little bit because I have a lot of clients that build YouTube channels. Like we have our own YouTube channel for sales velocity. And I've got a lot of, uh, Authority marketers, subject matter experts that I work with that are building YouTube channels, which has obviously been very popular for over a decade now. The reason that the majority of people don't make a lot of money from YouTube is because they they give up so early. They're making that initial content, and oh, it's everything's one fun at first. It's fun, and then they but they don't they feel like they don't see the results. So they see the one subscriber, five subscribers, ten subscribers, and they go, oh, God, this is gonna be. Forever,
0: no real sales coming in, no money. No,
1: then. But here's the thing: I've seen this happen with so many people that I've worked with. The moment they cross over the hundred thousand subscriber mark, it's it's the tipping point. They literally go from this, boom. kaboom. And some of these guys, I mean, I've got clients that have a million subscribers that are making two to $3 million a year. Actually, let me take a step backwards. I have a client that's making, that has 500,000 subscribers and she makes $5 million a year just from that one channel organically. $5 million a year. What's being sold? She has a, a course okay. that she sells. So there's, right? there's,
0: there's an end game.
1: There's an end game. So she puts out the content and it drives to, it's a, she has a course and a coaching program. So it drives to that. So, she's, she so let me
0: stop you for a minute then, Aaron. So sure. what are not doing is shooting video because it sounds like a good idea this week. Nope. She's not shooting video because she was told it's the thing to do. She's nope. not shooting video because it's it's hip and cool and you're supposed to do it. She has a very clear
1: path from viewership to customer. Correct. That's the key. And And as a result, she makes a ton of money. But to the point that we're making today... She came to us a year ago and said, I really think I could be making more money. And I said, well, of course you could be making more money. We're going to take some ads and your content, and we're going to promote them on Facebook and Instagram, which is a new channel for you because it's separate from YouTube. Mm -hmm. And because she had such a large amount of awareness from her YouTube base, when we started promoting her in a different channel, making her more omnipresent, we had her up to an additional five hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue within six months. So if she had just stayed in that one little lane instead of taking the next step towards omnipresence, mm-hmm. think about the amount of money she left on the table. She's we're just literally picking it up off the ground for her.
0: It's interesting. Said, that it's interesting that at that level she wouldn't know. To I call it the big three, right? Google, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. I mean, if you're already performing on one, why not parlay to the other and vice versa?
1: It it would, I don't know how technical we want to go in this scenario, but the people that she'd worked with before didn't know what they were doing. So the first thing that we did is we took all of her best performing content, like the ones that had the most views on YouTube, and we handpicked them. And then we put a micro budget behind them in Facebook and Instagram to show them to the same type of people. So, we already had proof of content on the how, uh, proof of concept on great content because we could see how many views it had. We just moved it over to Facebook and Instagram and put micro budgets behind it to show it to the same kind of people. Yeah. And now people were seeing her in two places going, oh my goodness, she's amazing. And that ended up directing into the same offer. And because she already had a name, she was just in only one place. We took her to another place, which has a whole different inventory of people, and kaboom. It went crazy.
0: Yeah, that's called the place strategy. I learned this long time ago from Dan Kennedy is you gotta have a place strategy, right? So her place strategy was YouTube. Yeah. A lot of people's yeah. place strategy businesses are like CNBC, I have on a lot because I like to I like to see I like to see stock market company news, what what what's going on with new releases, economic news, things like that. You know, they they stay focused on business really. And I see a lot of the same commercials running on CNBC. Mm-hmm. And Different angles, right? different, different plays, um, really some sophisticated commercials, but a lot of big brand commercials. That's their place. Some businesses begin and end with a CNBC place because they're usually financial models. Yep. Right? And, and there's no more, I guess, targeted eyeballs than CNBC for financial services. So you'll see sure. some really good financial services ads in CNBC. And sometimes that's their only place. And they do very well. But then I see them migrating into, well, if this commercial is working on CNBC, why would I not run ads on YouTube and run that Absolutely. on YouTube, right? Maybe that ad can be converted into a graphic-based ad, a textual ad with some of the same messaging and you be used on Facebook, right? You Absolutely, start to see, because I can... You start to see that that cross-pollination from really savvy companies. And that means yeah, because they have you have a multiple-place strategy now.
1: What most people don't understand is how easy, once you understand it, it is to syndicate it to different places. So... One of the targeting um, opportunities in YouTube, for example, Andrew, is you can select website URLs. So you can say, I only want to show this ad to people who visit this particular website URL. Hmm. So if I'm stepping into any of these companies you just talked about that marketed on CNBC and they're saying, hey, we would like to expand beyond CNBC. We 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 want to get to the internet, right? Give me your commercial. And I'm going to put it in front of all the people that visit CNBC's website. And they're going to go like magic, right?
0: Now, the interesting We're thing about that it. is, is yes, you have to do it. Yes, you want to test. Yes, you want to have a portfolio approach. It's always interesting to me to see, though, which, which avenue performs better. Because everybody automatically thinks the internet performs better than old school media like TV and radio. And it doesn't all the time. It really no, depends it on the business model, right? It, it might for like an info marketer, but then it might not for like a financial services company.
1: Or it might for an e-commerce, but not a right. small service business or whatever. But
0: the thing is, you don't know until you go, right? Correct. The other thing, the other question I get a lot that I hate, I really hate this question. I get it a lot throughout the week. I, I'm Like you, Aaron, we're probably on somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 25 private consulting calls in any given week. Call it. You know, on average, right? Could be more, could be less. And when I continue to get that question, what kind of guarantee can I get? Or how will I know Facebook will work or that TV will work or that radio will work? And I always say the same thing. You don't know until you go. Until you test it, until you put some money behind it, you really don't know until you go. It's like guessing where the price of Microsoft stock will be in 30 days. I have no idea what the variables are with the the economy, their earnings, their staff. I have no idea. I won't know until I go, right? And oftentimes we don't want to hear that. We want like the silver bullet answer. What is my $100 going to do? What is my $10,000 going to do? I need to know before I go. It's unrealistic. So you have to be willing to invest not only time, but money into these media sources, or you just won't know. And the longer you don't know, the longer to sound cliche, you won't be able to go to the next level, right? You'll be stuck wondering.
1: Yeah, and, and my dad said to me when I was growing up, if you're somebody who really values guarantees, don't go into business. <laughs> Good advice. Because there aren't any. Grow there up. Aren't any? It's there a competition. Any. It's a battle to the death.
0: And it's a lot of testing. And it's a lot it's of, a testing of testing with money and time, right? To see to see what works and in in being okay emotionally with things not working, some things working really well making mistakes, things failing, moving on. That's all well, and part that's, of this.
1: That, I almost need to stop right there because I teach a, a media buying boot camp for a, a big community. And on the very first day, I tell them, your goal is not to build campaigns that are successful. Your goal is to fail as fast as possible and fail forward. Because if because you- come know. With, if you If you come into this with any other mindset, you're gonna get chewed up and spit out and you're gonna go home and cry to your mama.
0: So, so right? it's a good point you're making. You do have to frame the mindset to be prepared for what you're saying here. There Absolutely. is a conditioning, right? Yeah.
1: Again, like everything, people will come in and they'll and they'll place it somewhere, or they'll do a show, or they'll run an ad, and it doesn't work the first time, and they go, oh, "This thing doesn't work. Doesn't work." Do Do you know how often we we create an ad and we put it on a channel and it works the first time? Not often. If, If we put it on, it works the first time, we don't call it a success. We call it a freaking miracle. Well said. So you got to be prepared that if it was that easy, there would be no barrier to entry and it wouldn't be worth anything. You know, we'll, we'll probably test 20 to 30 different things before we crack through on our first one. And then we'll iterate from there. If you don't have that mentality going in, you're in big trouble.
0: Yeah, you're in big trouble. Exactly. So we, we spend a lot of time on having a show and having a piece of content, mm-hmm. whether it be audio, video. Video, always preferred because it gives you another layer of media. Audio you can do. I know this is very intimidating at times when you need to be on a camera and talking. And it, 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 it's just something that – it's tough to just show up and get that right. That takes a lot of time and practice and even some training. We've been through a lot of speaker and video training. So we do have an edge when it comes to that, which is why we did it. But you don't have to do that. The podcast works very well. The audio can be cut into little clips that go online as well. But the audio gets your voice out there. So at the very least, if you don't have an audio-based podcast style show, I think you're missing a huge mark. But let's go to the next level. Having that is key because it gives you that spider web effect and you're able to have content everywhere. But you also have to be running paid ads. And this is another one that oftentimes business owners don't like to hear. They don't want to run ads because, again, what we said a second ago, I don't know how it will do. Well, you have to do it until, so you know how it will do. So then you have to be in the mindset of, okay, my voice is out there. I have a show. But am I now putting money into Google ads, Facebook ads, TV commercials, radio ads? Again, it doesn't matter. It should be multimedia. It should be simultaneous testing, not sequential one by one by one. That takes time and it causes big delays. But then you have to be ready to buy media. The beautiful thing about buying media today is, is you can test and fail fast. Yes. Especially with the internet. TV and radio, a little longer. Direct mail, a lot longer, right? But internet, I can have an ad up on Facebook. What's today? Friday? By yep. tomorrow, maybe it's approved by Monday, let's say, for compliance. And then that thing's running at whatever budget I set in cap. Let's call, let's say we...
1: You can, at, you can do it. At, you can do it. You do it at $5 a day.
0: Right, but let's just say we say okay, we want to run ads. We want to we want to put $1000 behind ads for 72 hours. And really know what is the metrics on this one offer, right? They're going to a landing page, let's say, they're downloading a free report or signing up for a webinar, right? What is the offer? I'd like to know in 72 hours, not 72 days, how that's going to do. Cuz then I then I can tell, okay, where is the conversion? Is the ad doing well but they're getting to the page and leaving? Or are they just not even getting to the page because the ad sucks? That's the yeah, stu- and, in, and, and in Aaron, another... in 72 hours to have that information is, is that's some some pretty high level data to be able to yeah, pivot and, and, and make
1: some changes and, on. I'll give you another example that reinforces your point. When I had my e-commerce store, we were doing about $60,000 a day in revenue and- At the peak? At the peak. And when we would want to launch a new product, we would take images and copy and audience testing and we would test about 30 different products over the course of 24 hours and i would spend a hundred dollars on each product times 20 mm-hmm. and put them in front of real eyeballs of real people and if i got lucky one out of the 30 would hit but it was more realistic that it was one out of 60. one out of 60 ad sets one out of 60 products okay. that products. I was testing in the marketplace mm-hmm. because you just know when a product resonates with people, they just start buying it and you just see it go bananas. Yeah. Yeah. And the other 59 were like crap, average up and down. You just, you just know, you just know when it hits, you just know, cause it goes bananas. Now, if I had been a, a, a person that was selling physical products and I'd thrown my one product up there and it hadn't performed and I'd quit. What what happens then? You're, what, you're, just, you're just done, right? So for me, I could test those 60 products. And now that I know what product works, oh, here we go. Now I take it to email. Now I take it to the different channels. Now I take it to television. Now I take it to radio. Do you know the brand Manscaped, Andrew? Yeah. Have you seen the brand Manscaped? Yeah, you fan I bought, of Manscaped? bought product from them before. Yeah, I was running the exact same product from Manscaped under a different name seven years ago, and it hit right out of the gates. And I made $2 million on it. And then I got distracted with something else. Manscaped copied me. Fact. Cause I already had proof of that six years ago. How'd you get and, off it?
0: Why'd you get off it?
1: Uh, because the, the sales that were happening. The margins and, and, were, were, were tight? They, they, they went up like a rocket and then they started to plateau a little bit and then they started to come down and Manscaped did what they should, what I should have done. They built a whole brand they around did. that particular it product.
0: Now everywhere, I even see it on TV.
1: Right? They're running it on television yep. they're doing this, they're doing that. I went and grabbed the low hanging fruit because I wasn't in the business at that time of building brands. I was in the business of selling product, much like a, like a home shoppers network. Yeah, And, and so they took that, they clearly saw that there was a, a demand for it because I was crushing ads through Facebook and Instagram and YouTube on this thing. And they took it and they developed a skin cream line and they develop, and then they took the, the marketing omnipresent, they put it on television, they put it on radio, they put it on digital, they put it, and they did something smarter than I did. They, they, but they also were well, much more- Well, they built a popular.
0: company. Like, so there's a difference, yeah. right? To what you said, you were running product offers. They were building a company and a brand.
1: Yeah. And they I don't think been, you probably
0: had the appetite to do that at the time.
1: Itself. No. They, I mean, to go out and do what they did, I would have had to have raised $10 million and exactly. I didn't feel like doing yeah. it at yeah. the time.
0: And, 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 and listen so, to that point, Aaron, I think there's an important distinction there, right? Is- are you, are you hawking a product? Are you selling something just to sell it or are you building a brand and a company around it?
1: Yeah, and for me at the time in that model, I just wanted to hawk a product. I didn't <laughs> want to build a brand. It was a cash flow business for me. It wasn't okay. a, a build and exit and have a great valuation. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people that are on, that are listeners, watchers. Well, they have their own business. They're building a company in most cases. And they're building a company. Yeah. And you almost have to look at every piece of media that you syndicate your content into is just a seed that could sprout later. Right? If we had a if we had a, a plane and we had a thousand pound bag of seeds and we flew over top of are Florida. are you about to tell the plane story the secret we have? <laughs> I wasn't going to, but you certainly I see, do. you're trying to navigate. I'm not in. weaving it in. I'm not weaving it in. <laughs> it, if if we if we t- we had a plane and we we're driving or we flying over Florida, you're doing maybe a- Andrew and I owned the a plane. plane. You know, maybe it was someone else's plane, and <laughs> And we we just opened up the door and we slowly stopped, started dropping seeds out of the plane. Yeah. Right? Some are going to land in the bayou, you know, in the the swamps, do nothing. Some of them are going to land on the top of apartment buildings. Some of them are going to land in the middle of the street. But some of them are going to land in some really good soil. And they're going to grow. Right. Now, just because we don't know how to, you know, specifically – target that one piece of soil does that mean that we shouldn't do the process no of course not because when when it does hit it returns money back to you in perpetuity it's but it's not going to hit everywhere so what you do to make sure that that you get the right spot is you just put it put it everywhere and allow it to take seed wherever it needs to take seed right right
0: portfolio approach and the last piece yes. the last piece behind that is are you building an email, or a physical mail list along the way now? So this is really the third pillar, if you will, right? We talked about the, the the power of having a show. So you have a content bucket that you can always draw from. The power of running paid ads because of all the reasons we just mentioned, right? They, they give you multiplication uh, effects. But then are you building a list? Are you building a, 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 better if it's a physical and an email list. An email list is good, but it, it isn't quite enough today. I feel like if you can build, an email list is easy and you should be building an email list at all times. But if you can build a, a physical list as well, where you can mail them and email them, phone even better, right? The, the big I was going to take it
1: a step further. If you, can, if you can get phone, if you can get email, if you can get mailing address, maybe even then get them on Messenger in one of the platforms. These are right. all lists. Right. So really, really
0: the tiers is, is email is the easiest path of least resistance. SMS yep. would be next path of least resistance and the physical. If you're selling... You're obviously going to get, if you're if somebody's buying on a credit card, they're gonna, you're going to have it all because they have to put in name, phone, and, and physical. So if you can architect that, great. But at the very least, building an email list is critical because then you have an asset that you can yep. email, market to, and follow up with. So if you don't have that third piece, you don't have a follow-up piece. You're sort of on the surface, but then there is no tail on the back. And the tail on the back is really key. Even though we get inundated with email today, email is still a very, very, very powerful way to be in someone's inbox regularly, in addition to them seeing you on Facebook and Instagram and TV and radio and on a show, is can I drop an email into the mix too? That, to me, is like the icing on the cake if I can drop an email in whenever I want to.
1: Yeah. It, it, people would be shocked if they saw what I see on a daily basis of how much revenue email drives.
0: Still. No, Still. Not as huge. Not as You're not as in a vacuum as you used to be, right? You're still competing with the 100 to the 200 we get every day. Tougher to stay at the top of the email inbox. Even harder to get through spam filters today, even if you're clean as a whistle and you have good copy and you're not like saying the word free 82 times in the email so that it gets picked up by spam filters. People don't understand that. It's harder today to get email through than it ever has been. And it's harder to stay relevant today Because of the fact that we get so many, you need to be thinking about these things, but don't let it, don't let it dissuade you from not doing email follow-up because of the fact that there's a lot of noise today. Don't let the fact that there's a lot of podcasts and shows out there dissuade you from not doing it. Don't let the fact that you see a lot of ads on Facebook. Is this a word dissuade? It is today. Dissuade you. What's the word I'm looking it for? Is.
1: It is. Okay. Well, there's Dis- persuade. There's persuade well, Persuade there's is dissuade. They're, right. they're the same thing. They're the opposite. Yeah, so,
0: so persuade you against not doing it because the noise is here to stay. The competition is here to stay. You've got to figure out a way to be in it, the competition. And you've got to figure out a way to obviously show up a little differently. We've done many shows on the showing up differently, having a different sort of message and angle. That's the way you'll be able to play these three big buckets, the show, the media, buying of ads, in email. That's the way you'll be able to show up and, and, and be relevant and, and be taken seriously and not just get lost in the shuffle. It's a different conversation for a different day because that's going to take a lot of psychology and the right messaging and the way you present an offer in the wording that you use. Uh, that's really where, where my space is. I, I'm, I'm sort of a stickler for wording, as you know. R- the wording and the messaging is everything because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression with your messaging. And I think people fail a lot today with messaging. You talked about, you know, politics being the big spot. I think I think that a lot of these big parties like the Democrat and the Republican Party as a whole together, they, they fail with messaging in so many areas. And I look at it and I'm like, man, if only they said it this way or only they did it this way, they'd have so much more people uniting behind them. They'd have less friction same in business, the messaging of how you put all this out there, your show, your offer, your ads, your video just the way you word things makes a huge difference. Words matter a lot.
1: We actually did a, a show about this. Maybe we'll do another show about it next week. maybe that maybe it should be around messaging mm-hmm. um, I've got some really unique examples that we use with clients to to really refine their messaging, but I want to leave. The this show today with really this important point that seems to escape a lot of people. When you create an omnipresent uh, effect in your marketing, especially if there's a way for you to uh, collect the information, i.e., email or mailing address. Or if you look at something like a YouTube or you look at something like an Instagram, every time somebody watches one of your videos, it's stored in their system Mm -hmm. as a list for you to be able to attack later on. Anytime that you create this marketing engine and you've got these little buckets, SMS, physical address, email, video viewers, whatever, you can market to those people again. In many cases, for no money. So all the work that you're doing to acquire the audience sets you up to be able to market to those audiences again without having to spend the same time or money that you did in the beginning. So talking you're about not- the retargeting,
0: retargeting aspect, right?
1: Well, it could be retargeting, it could be emailing your list, it could be texting your list, it could be sending something to their 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 property. Any of these elements, it costs so much to to acquire information mm-hmm. from people. But once you got it, there's no marketing cost really to get in front of them again and again and again. So they become exponentially more profitable because there's no additional marketing expense to create that list.
0: So with the right with the right back end, you're driving your front end cost down.
1: Is Way do. down. You're driving had, it down, we, which doesn't a, get thought about a lot. It it doesn't, and we had a really good friend of ours who got sick from mold poisoning um, in a house he was living in for two years. And he really couldn't function for two years to run his business the way that he had before that. But he had his email list, and just from the right messaging and the right offerings to that email list over the course of two years, he still made a million dollars a year just from that email list, which he said is the only reason that he's still alive today. <laughs> Because he could still make money without being functional enough to operate his business. Right. So what's the value of collecting that information from your clients? It's the back end staple. Yeah.
0: Right? It's the back end staple. So big three here, I would rate yourself, right? Where am I at in this game right now? Do I have content that goes out regularly on a weekly basis? Really? It's gotta be regular. Consistency is key. Am I running ads? Am I seen on the platforms? And to get seen today, it isn't just about posting in the feed and boosting posts. That's like a hobby. You need to run ads. You need to put money behind ads and run ads. And then am I building a back end list that I can continue to communicate with? Where do you stand on all three? That would be the big question is how do I stack up? And if I'm missing one of these three pillars, how do I fill that gap? If I'm not in any of these three, that's like 911 to me, <laughs> right? You're, you're, you're like way behind and you need to get aggressive with your time and money. It's gonna take both to get caught up. That that would be how I would leave it.
1: I couldn't agree with you more.
0: So yeah, we'll uh, maybe we'll tackle some next level messaging and some messaging mistakes on the next episode. We'll we'll we'll, we'll play that paper. Hope, hopefully you get good value out of this one here today. I really think this is an important one to go back to, maybe listen to again, is how to be omnipresent because you don't have time to be in one little form of media then another, then another. It needs to be sort of shock and awe. You need to be like, Man, I see this guy. I see this gal everywhere. That's the effect you're gonna need to have to be relevant today. So we'll see you guys on the next one. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. We'll see you on episode 105 next week. Same time, same place. See you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.